Welcome back to American Graffiti, one song at a time. I am your DJ, Doris, and my guest today is, again, the great Tom Taylor from great. Indiana Jones Minute. <laughs> hey, Tom. Hey, Doris, how's it going? Fine. Thank you for coming back on such short notice. I kinda, oh, um, thank you for having me. I kind of put the gun to you yesterday. Yeah, I thought I was one and done, <laughs> and then, oh, the song's not quite over. Uh, No, the song is not quite over. This is... I think one of just roughly a handful of scenes that has no new song starting it. Mm. So, we're, yeah, we're having a scene change, but the song remains the same. Yeah. We're now going into, so we still have You're 16, You're Beautiful by Johnny Burnett playing in the background as our scene shifts to the diner. And we're actually starting from the outside and then the camera moves into the diner and we see Steve sitting alone with a cup of coffee yeah. and kind of just thinking. He's at a low point. Yes. He just broke up with a sweetheart. For the first time in this movie, he is silent. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> For a guy who would later to go on to narrate an excellent sitcom, he's very silent. Mm -hmm. Well, Arrested Development kind of fits. <laughs> yeah, it actually does. It's really funny. Yeah. You could easily yeah. hear Ron Howard narrating this scene, you know, as yeah. from that mo from that show. Yeah. Poor old Steve. Yeah. Well. Meanwhile, Steve is drinking a cup of coffee. Yeah, and he's finally re realizing that, um, like, seeing other people also means being alone. Yeah. Yeah. It means maybe not seeing other people, not seeing anybody. Mm-hmm. Although we got to admit that he's not staying alone for a long time because Butter McRae, one of the car hops, mm -hmm. is kind of joining him. Yeah. She's not wasting any time. She's not wasting any time. She comes on to him really, really strong there. Yeah. It's interesting. Woof. She, It's kind of, uh, she sees him sitting alone. Okay, that's cool. And she sits down and, hey, what's up? Hey, where's Lori? And yeah, we yeah. broke up. Yeah, we broke up. It's no big deal. And like, you know, he can say it's no big deal, but it doesn't look like it's no big. He's sitting there. He's, 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 he looks down. He looks, you know, upset and weird. So she, I mean, I don't know. I, I'll go back and forth on this about her. Like she, she's either taking at face value. Like, like, does she know that he just broke up with her? Like well, when's he the last time she saw him? A couple of hours earlier. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, she when they when they started out the night, I think she's kind of used to all the guys coming on to her. <laughs> that could be, especially Terry, and she's kind of blowing them off. But she yeah. seems to have a thing for Steve. Yeah. Yeah. She's. I mean, I guess if you, I, I don't, I don't know how women work, but you know, if people were constantly hitting on you and you're kind of constantly batting them away and saying get out of here, then the one time the one guy who you're interested in is available, you might be like, oh, this is going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. This will be great. Yeah, maybe, maybe she's. I've got this one chance, and I'm going to grab it by the. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> grab it by something. By yes. something. By the unknown. I mean, um, if you read the script to that scene. I think the script to American Graffiti that's out on the web, it was written after the movie was finished. Yeah. Because it, it kind of almost has no cutscenes in it. But right. the scene with Stephen Buddha is different. Oh, interesting. Buddha is much stronger coming on to Steve and it mm. kind of comes comes across that she's tried before. Oh, okay. And she doesn't like Laurie. She thinks Laurie kind of just wanted Steve as a boyfriend because Steve is like 
valedictorian or whatever, had a student president or something. Yeah, yeah. She kind of badmouths Laurie in that scene. Oh, interesting. Which we do not get to see at all in the finished film. Right. I mean, you don't get the sense in the movie that she's at all worried about Laurie. You're like, oh, no, that's too bad. You guys broke up. Anyway, come on over. It'll be great. You know, yeah, she doesn't care that, that Laurie might be uh, hurt or anything like that. She's she's fine with that. So, which makes much more sense. Yeah. But yeah, all, of, yeah. all of that negative talk, either they didn't shoot it or it has been cut out because... Um, at the end, Steve kind of blows her off. I mean, he says, well, listen, i got to get up early. I'm going to go to the airport, and it's not going to work out. Yeah. But she gives a reply in the script, which is, she's got you so brainwashed. Well, hell, someday I'm going to win. Oh, man. And that sounds really yeah, mean. It does sound really mean, yeah. Although, I mean, you, I, for some reason, I'm always trying to be charitable to people and figure, <laughs> figure out their point of view if she really was like we were saying if she's constantly like oh this I'm, I'm in this position in this job where guys are constantly coming on to me and they're super obnoxious and i hate it and now this one guy this one guy who i actually want to be with uh he's got his ex-girlfriend she's got him wrapped around her finger and uh what, what's a girl got to do like she's just probably really frustrated yeah she comes across as, as pretty um ugh. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the end of a long shift. She's probably also yeah. not in a good mood. And in the movie, she's coming across as, I mean, I don't know if she, this is just like part of her act or something, but she's like, no, 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 it's not a big deal. Just come over and, and we'll just have fun. You know, it'll just be like, we'll just hang out. Like, it's not a big thing. It's not like we're going to make out or anything. It's just going to, we're just going to hang out. No or biggie. even if we make out, it's not going to be like serious. Right. I mean, she knows he's leaving in the morning. So exactly. it's like, it's either... She sincerely just wants to literally hang out with him, like watch TV or something, or listen to records, or uh, or it's just like a you know a good old fashioned booty call or something. She's like, this will be great. I'll get that notch in my belt, and he'll be off to college. I mean, I have the feeling it's the booty call. <laughs> it does seem like it. Yeah, it seems like her trying to paint it as just an innocent thing is sort of like you know softening it for him, so like not like lowering the pressure on him, so it'll he'll show up, and then she can. Uh, Work her magic on him. <laughs> Not make him feel bad because yeah, it, it, for him, I kind of he he still has that feeling of being cheating on Laurie. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Although of course he wanted to go see other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean Buddha, she is kind of abrasive. Probably she has to be in that kind of job. Mm -hmm. I mean the way she talks to Mel. <laughs> right, she just yells at him, calls him an old <laughs> fart. Yeah. yeah, would would you talk to your boss like that? I, I think don't think, think so. so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they just have a thing that we don't understand. It a, could be. A special it could rapport. Be. Yeah. I mean, American Graffiti is not the source material for Happy Days, although <laughs> probably it is, but right. not, not officially. officially. Right. Yeah, exactly. I get this Laverne and Shirley f feeling. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of uh, sarcastic and a little bit loud. Also, I have the feeling that she is older than Steve. Oh, that could be. I mean, she's not. She, yeah. I. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if she's out of high school already and just working and doesn't have any plans to go to college. I mean, high school kids, they do have their jobs, of course. Yeah. But working the night shift at the diner? That does seem a little uh, mature. So I guess she's maybe she's maybe like John John's age. Yeah, maybe. Maybe in her early 20s or something. Yeah, that could be. Which then kind of gets me to think, is it the reverse situation from what we've seen before the older woman now trying to pick up the younger guy <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> no he's not 13 but he's he's no. in a vulnerable spot and uh yeah she's kind of uh this act wow the the idea that she's older 
actually solves a problem that I was, not a problem, but a question that I had. She's like, oh, why don't you come over? And like, I was assuming that she was a senior in high school and probably lived at home. I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Come over. She's bringing a boy over in the middle of the night. How's that going to go over with her folks? Like, what are they, how does that work in the fifties? I don't know. Or the sixties rather, but you know, I get, yeah, if she's a little bit older, she could easily have her own place. And I guess uh, she has her own place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the situation with the parents, I also kept asking myself, how does no one care that Carol isn't home at 4 a.m.? But... <laughs> right. Does she say something about that at some point, Carol, about like her parents not paying attention or something or not caring where she is or something like that? She kind of hints at it. But yeah. I kind of cannot imagine that they really would be as callous. <laughs> right. Maybe they're just not, they're just out of town for the weekend. Maybe. Or maybe they are extremely worried and they're sitting by the phone at home and as soon as she gets in, they yell at her. I don't know. <laughs> Where have you been, young lady? You're in trouble, <laughs> Missy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I never had the feeling that, that Buddha is still in high school. That's a really I mean, good point. Although, that makes a lot of, course, of sense. The way she's made up and her uniform make her look older, but she she has that feeling of being kind of like, yeah, that is a grown woman already and she knows how to deal with guys. Maybe that is exactly the reason why all the, the boys like Terry, they have a mm -hmm. thing for her. Yeah. Because she is so confident. Yeah, she's a woman. She's not some high school girl. She's a woman. Although you'd think Terry would be terrified of that. <laughs> like you know that if, if she is at all you know more uh mature and advanced and you know like that he'd be you know well she at least is not one to be impressed by all his fake uh kind of <laughs> look at how cool i am she knows right. exactly that he isn't yeah. but of course debbie yeah well debbie learns the truth at the end and she says well, I still had fun. You're still a cool yeah. guy. I'd like to see you again. Yeah. Where Buddha says, nah, nah, nah. You're just a kid. I'm not interested in you. And right. you're not even the cool kid. I mean, right. you're not Steve's even the kid, one with the Impala. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I keep wondering if there should be a, I mean, there definitely should be a super cut of uh, scenes in movies and TV shows where, you know, the girlfriend or the boyfriend sees their significant other talking to somebody of the opposite sex and they immediately assume that the person is flirting or cheating on them or something and then walks away and doesn't try to find out what the situation yeah. is. That's exactly what uh, Lori does here. Yeah, Lori kind of, she walks uh, to the window, she looks in, she just sees them sitting there talking. Mm -hmm. And I kept asking myself, well, what does she see? She can't hear them, obviously. Right. Doesn't even look like they're flirting. Right. They're just totally just sort of chatting kind of seriously even maybe. Yeah. I mean, Buddha is flirting, but since Laurie yeah. can't hear her, Buddha's face and also Steven's like body language doesn't suggest anything. Right, right. Which, having read the script version, leads me to think that Laurie is aware of the fact that Buddha doesn't like her and that oh, Buddha that wants Steve. Yeah. Or, you know, like that, that she's older and that she's uh, in a position to snatch up her boyfriend if she wants to. Her ex-boyfriend, yeah. Or otherwise she wouldn't be sitting there. Right, right. Yeah, wait, doesn't, this is, she's still on her shift. What's what's going on? Why is she sitting with my ex-boyfriend? What's going on? It's going to only mean bad things. So, Laurie assumes. Yeah. Of course, she has reason to assume. I mean, who has been talking about wanting to see other people and not being exclusive and just checking out if going out with other people strengthens the relationship? Right. Yeah, she has to assume that Steve is, now that they're officially also broken up, that Steve is just, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. And even like from her point of view, from Laurie's point of view, even if she could assume that it's like an innocent thing, like she wouldn't want to go examine it and confront it and be like, hey, what's up, you guys? Like she is, she's just kicked him out of her car and she's furious at him 
And yeah, okay, go go see other people. Like she might be hurt at the reality of him seeing other people, but she's sticking to her guns. I mean, like, well, I mean, that's that's what he wanted. I don't want to be part of that. So I guess if that's what's going to happen, that's what's happening. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna meddle. Exactly. Yeah. And and I mean, we kind of see in, in her face, we see how sad she is. Oh yeah. I mean, she probably went there to make up. Yeah. 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 To say to apologize to say she's sorry. And uh, there's this expression. Her face fell. This is exactly what you're <laughs> yeah. seeing here. She starts to turn away. She starts to walk away, but then she stays there for like another 10 seconds or something yeah, watching them. Yeah. In the background, in the background, we hear the wolfman actually howling. Oh. And it gives this, this, this eerie sound. Yeah. Like really, the wolf howl. And also, I mean, the inside of the diner is all this orangey, warm glow. Yeah. And Laurie is out in this blue that is kind of cold now with the moon. Yeah. That diner's cool. I love that diner. I love the diner as well. I like the color scheme of this movie very, very much. Oh, yeah. The lighting, all that mm -hmm. neon, the colors, the pops of color in the darkness, the whole atmosphere, just yeah. cinematically, it, it's so perfect. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I was going to ask if they, have you ever been to a diner that has like the little jukebox at the table? I actually have. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. We had one when I went to, to university. We had one in uh, my university town. It was right at the train station because I was commuting every day to, to college. I was still living at home. So very 1950s diner. Burger yeah. and fries, Coke, milkshakes. Sure. The jukebox, the red leather seats. Yeah. I loved it. It went broke after a couple of years, but I ah. loved it. <laughs> yeah, we had a we were talking last time about just hanging out and stuff and what the kids are doing these days and you know, they're not cruising, but what are they up to? Like, yeah, we would my friends and I would always end up at this diner uh and near my hometown and uh, yeah, it had these these jukeboxes. I'm just realizing now I don't have any idea how these work. Like they're all you would you would pick a song and it would play throughout all the jukeboxes. Kind of like a remote control, I always thought. I guess so, yeah. Or is it just for the table? Anyone out there, if you know how these work, please <laughs> write us a comment and kind of educate us on te technology of the nineteen sixties. <laughs> I think, yeah, at least at the place that I went to, they would always it would whatever you like. People would choose stuff and it would play through all the all the jukeboxes and i would i would be obnoxious and i would pick like one of the selections on this one was um a couple of songs by yes which has notoriously very long songs so i would pick like a couple of yes songs and it'd be like 40 minutes of yes <laughs> that nobody could get their songs played for a while owner of a lonely heart would work very well there oh for this scene yeah yeah absolutely i mean the one that i went to it had the standard jukebox where you would have to actually walk there and kind of hear yeah. the music it didn't have the, the little remote control I guess I, the, seeing it here in this movie, it seems like sort of advanced technology for the 60s, but I guess it's not. Having having just a unit there at the table that then communicates with an actual record player somewhere. You know, there's like a record somewhere that's that's being told to play J3 or whatever. Yeah, I should give the 60s hopefully, more credit. Hopefully one of our listeners can educate us on, yeah. on how that actually worked. Please. And then, of course, the only really American kind of nostalgic kind of diner i mean in in germany we have drive in fast food places mm -hmm. yeah but yeah like the ones actually it's it's more like the drive through fast food places yeah you just yeah order and then you and then you pull up to the window you get your stuff and then you drive away right but that old drive-in of course where you pull your car into the parking lot and the the hop comes out and takes your order and serves you at the car these things didn't make it 
okay. across the pond. They're not huge here anymore, but they're they're like there's a place in Chicago near me that's a super dog, like this hot dog joint that does exactly that. You just pull up and you talk to the little machine and somebody brings out your stuff and you sit there in your car and eat it. And then I guess I guess Sonic. Sonic is a chain over here. And I think they operate. You can go in and get your stuff or you can, you know, park at the thing and put in your order and they bring it out to you and stuff and you sit there and you just eat it and break up with your girlfriend and pretend you're not dating a thirteen year old and stuff like that and yeah, it's a whole scene. I mean, all the the other um, diners that I know, American style diners, of course, they all look like they're from the nineteen fifties or sixties. <laughs> yeah. Never another era. Um, they're all just sit-in diners. They're not drive-in diners. Mm-hmm. And the only other one, the only one that I've ever been to in the states was uh, Johnny Rockets on Melrose in Los Angeles. So. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. Does that even exist anymore? I don't know. It is. That's a little bit of a chain, too. I think there's one here in it Chicago. It is a chain. And... I knew that, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I wasn't sure if around. it still existed. They were at least around recently. <laughs> I don't know if uh, the pandemic hurt them or anything, but uh, yeah, I think they're still around. They're expensive. You walk in, for, <laughs> you want like a little diner experience, you're like, 20 bucks for a hamburger. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, if the hamburger's worth it, I'm not sure <laughs> Johnny Rocket right. burgers are worth it. Yeah. But... <laughs> probably your mom and pop place just better burgers yeah so we're ending the scene on a rather sad note we i kind of think we even see laurie crying not quite sure it just might be a reflection in the window but oh maybe yeah i know when we see her again in in the next scene she is crying she's wiping tears off her face so yeah yeah eh. oh well now we're all sad it's just a big misunderstanding isn't it always? That's why so many people from this movie ended up in sitcoms, because they're all based on misunderstandings. <laughs> That's where they get their comedy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to admit, um, Happy Days is the only one that I know of these sitcoms. And I only saw that, like, early 90s. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so kind of after the fact. <laughs> yeah. Well, Laverne and Shirley, you know, we got Shirley from Laverne and Shirley, and we got... Uh, I'm not sure if, I mean, I know about LeBurn and Shirley, but yeah. um, I'm not sure if and when that was on German TV. Okay. It was good. I, and actually, I a spinoff of Happiness. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows the fonts. <laughs> right. You can't not know the fonts. Yeah. So, okay. On this note, with the wolfman howling in, in the <laughs> background, we're kind of leaving Steve and we're leaving Buddha, who is now very uh, kind of disappointed. Yeah. Dejected. That Steve has blown her off. Dejected. Yeah. And Laurie, who's crying. Yeah. And we're heading, hopefully, to uh, better places. <laughs> yeah. I might have, things might still go a little down before they can go back up. But, but, we'll uh, see. Yeah, we'll see. This will happen another day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, as we've already mentioned, of course, you are on Indiana Jones Minute. But yes. that is not your only podcast. No. So where else can people listen to you, find you, talk to you? Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of places. I am currently uh, co-hosting ABCDTOS with uh, Pete the Retailer from Star Wars Minute and John Engel from uh, Alien Minute and 007 by 7 and our friend uh, Joe Mazel. And we are covering all of the original Star Trek series episodes in alphabetical order. Uh, and we're having a lot of fun over there, so check us out at ABCDTOS. And gosh, what? Oh, with those same guys, I did ABC Devo, where we discussed all the songs of the band Devo in alphabetical order. You can also find me at CaddyshackMinute.com, where we cover all the. We, we did Caddyshack one minute at a time, uh, me and my friends Dan and Mike. We then went on to do the Blues Brothers Minute. 
same thing. And uh, we are now kind of hanging out over at the ditchdiggers.com where we're doing more stuff. You are one busy bee. God, yeah, that was a lot of stuff. Oh, and you mentioned my book last time. Uh, you can go to IamTomTaylor.com and find out about my, my book and my writings and things like that. Yeah. Perfect. And of course, still going strong, you still restarted your covering of Crystal Skull after yeah. more than a year? More than a year. We were deeply ashamed, but we got to blame it on the pandemic. So, yeah. But now things are, now things are as part <laughs> of our world nightmare being over, we get to talk about Crystal Skull some more. You just need something to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're so like, used to need, feeling need, anxious and worried and confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Things can't just go completely good. Everyone. Go listen to all of Tom's podcasts. Go listen to Crystal Skull Minute. Whatever you think of that movie, listening to the coverage of it is always worth it. Oh, good. That's our aim. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to talk a little bit more about American Graffiti with us, come join us on Facebook at Mel's Listeners Drive-In. That's the name of our group. And you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram under VCR Privileges. And I hope you'll listen to us again for our next episode. So, Tom, it's been a pleasure. It has. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been great. And everyone, have a good night. Bye. He's really fast, isn't he?